Hello, Rob. Hi, Chris. Welcome back to the 10 Minute Design Chat. Thanks, buddy. Let's talk about timers. So today we're talking about it. We're talking about the inevitable passage of time and how it's represented and abstracted in games, really. Um, And this episode has to be less than 10 minutes today, Rob, because I've got to put jingles in. And if we don't do that, we are hypocrites and swindlers. So I think we just got to crack on. I completely agree. We are the 10 minute design chat and it's the perfect time to talk about time. So let's let's just dive straight in. Chris, I'm not going to waste any time here. You've got 20 seconds and I want to know as many timekeeping devices as possible. Doesn't have to be related to games. I mean in general. And then we're going to talk about some that actually do come up in games. So Chris, are you ready? I'm going to give you a three second countdown. Three, two, one, go. Okay, so uh, the sun coming Mm -hmm. up and going down. uh, Watches, uh, pocket and wrist implementations of those. We've got Mm -hmm. clocks, so cuckoo clocks, grandfather clocks, all the clocks you can handle. We've got sand timers, which are called egg timers sometimes. Mm -hmm. We've got cockerels. (laughs) We've got sundials. We've got candles you can burn down. Um, We've got drinking lots so that you have a full bladder in the morning and it wakes you up. And there it is. (laughs) Full bladder? Did you, you, You mentioned something about that actually being a timer for people. Yeah, so I think it was the Celts or somebody used to drink loads the night before a battle so they'd all wake up in the morning and not sleep through it. Or something like that. There's a game idea in there. My sources may have to be checked for that, but sure. Great game idea for anyone listening. Drink a pint of water and make that part of the rules that you have to complete something in that time. Anywho, great suggestions there. Most of them don't relate to games. So let's talk about some that do relate to games. And I think we can't begin this episode unless we talk about the classic the industry standard. It's got to be sand timers, Chris. Sand timers. Yeah, sand timers. Uh, some people call them egg timers because you can time boiling an egg with them. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, you see these in lots of old games. So if you buy a compendium of games or you whack out something like Pictionary, you're going to probably have a, a sand timer in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've seen them used in classic games where, you know, you've got a minute to complete a round to draw a picture in Pictionary and off you go. But also they're starting to appear in some modern games as well. Um, Rob, I think you thought of some examples of this. I mean, um, Magic Maze, amazing game uh this uses the timer but the really interesting element of it is is that there are ele- time there are, <laughs> there is time to turn the timer over and you've actually got to time that turning of the timer because you actually only have the time left when you turn the timer that's a that's a mouthful isn't it yeah do you have to time the time of timing the time of turning over the timer exactly exactly that the one that comes to mind for me is um kitchen rush so this is kind of a kitchen management game which is cooperative and you are placing your your chefs which are sand timers mm-hmm. in different parts of the kitchen and they have to stay there doing that um that task until the sand has all trickled through and then you can move them to a different part of the kitchen i think that's a really cool way of representing time in life it's still abstracted but it feels a bit more realistic yeah it's like time and meeple it makes the meeple feel like they have a purpose i guess and but they don't have to just be sand timers egg timers they don't have to be like they could be digital timers as well chris we can be yeah we're, we're a modern industry we can use apps and uh, the first one that comes to my mind is one night ultimate werewolf you know that game ultimately that app that companion app basically tells you how to set up it runs the moderator for you and then it gives you a timer and it plays some nice music to go along with it and i think that that's just a nice super quick easy way for people to just get playing in those sort of games and obviously we've had ben moy on chris we have and ben moy's game breakdancing meeples doesn't need an app but is enhanced by downloading the app which is 
essentially gives you some nice background music and gives you a timer for when you're rolling those meeples and getting them to all those stances. And I think that's one of the benefits of a digital timer. Obviously, they need to be made and, and things like that. But if it's an app, you can also introduce things into it, like um, you can introduce music or you can introduce, uh, you know, other visual things mm-hmm. or thematic things to, to help the game. Yeah, and you can have things to, like show up on screen when it reaches a certain time. You know, there's lots of elements with uh, with apps that allow you to sort of introduce people to the games. But the timer element, it doesn't have to be digital. And I like that breakdancing people, you don't need it. But it always adds to these sort of games, definitely. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And then I suppose we're thinking so far about very traditional timing things, aren't we? But actually there's ways of representing time in an abstract way with cards and tokens and things like that. So you mentioned Gloomhaven, which you've been getting your teeth into. Yeah, Gloomhaven is one of my favourite uses of, of, ultimately it's like a card timer. Um, You know, you have a character, they have a certain number of cards and that changes based on the character. And that almost in a way shows how much time they can spend playing the game before they get exhausted because what happens in Gloomhaven is the way you lose is if every player either dies uh, the classic way um, or they cannot play two cards on their turn i.e. they've they've started thinning their deck over time and it means that uh, if they've become exhausted then they, they lose and so there's this real element of when people play that game they start off with all their cards and they feel so powerful um, but as time goes on they realise they have less and less time to actually take turns and, and those games always start off as oh I've got loads of time I'm just going to do what I need to and then as the game goes on it's suddenly like right come on guys let's get going so yeah I feel like card timers is a really good one but it's also kind of pans into a little bit of a variable timer would you say Chris it's kind of that yeah. sort of it changes depending on what you're doing and what the players are, are doing or what the game dictates it does and I think that something that comes to mind are things where there is a um, a loss condition uh, which has like a track so I'm thinking about pandemic for example so there's a couple of different ways you can lose pandemic um, but one of them is that you can you know, have enough outbreaks that you get to the top of the track and you lose so actually it doesn't mean every round you're going to be advancing that uh, track along the score tracker so the length of the game does vary between those steps but actually it is changing the amount of time you're going to be spending in different areas of that game. And I think that's kind of the example that springs to my mind. Have you got any that you can think of? Oh, Welcome To has a brilliant game end system where uh, there's kind of three timers, really. And ultimately, it's it's sort of if somebody completes all of the objectives, the game's over. So you can clearly see there's like a win condition timer. Um, there's if somebody manages to fill a number all of their properties then the game ends and that's like another timer but the third one which is like very variable is if somebody cannot write a number or label one of their properties three times in three times over the course of the game then the game just ends and so it's kind of like a win and loss and general timer <laughs> depending on where you are at the end yeah it depends on like what comes out it depends on how well the players play um and it, it's obviously a lot of luck but it means it's never like it never blindsides you you always know if so if like the timing is gonna be coming to the end some point soon uh, and it's a little bit similar to like, machi coro kind of uses a a win condition timer as well where ultimately very visibly everyone has to build sort of uh, i think it's five to seven properties these like master properties um depending on if you have the expansion or not and um you know once somebody completes their last one then you end the game and they win um and even though it is like a win condition specifically it is a timer because you can clearly see like can i dawdle do i need to start like you know 
getting on with it because other players are starting like only two properties away oh god i mean i've got like four to build you know and it just starts to push people along which is probably one of the main uses of timers um and i think you mentioned alhambra as well as, as a really interesting case Yes, Alhambra is a sort of tile-laying game where you're building a market, but actually the scoring rounds, where they happen is variable. So basically there's some tokens shuffled into the pile, and when they're drawn out is when the scoring rounds happen. So you don't know whether it's going to be a short period of time or a long period of time before that first scoring round happens. So overall the game lasts the same amount of time, but the rounds themselves have a variable duration, which I think is interesting. And I mean, that brings us probably onto the last two, which is really sort of score and rounds, really. Um, obviously, you've got things like Viticulture, where it's first past the post, you know, once someone reaches a certain score, at the end of that round, <laughs> see, we're tying those two together, um, at the end of that round, whoever has the most score wins. Um, that's always a classic timer, something that you can run with. Um, and also, you've got rounds, where basically, it's, this game is eight rounds you know at the end of eight rounds whoever wins wins and it's a very clear-cut timer um that obviously isn't real time but it is something that sort of plods through so yeah loads of uses for there's so much time for timers if you ask me chris and that's not even to say about the time you actually spend sitting down playing these games or the time you have to make to actually <laughs> enjoy them and hope that you're not having to run away to do some cooking or something so so yeah I, any last thoughts chris before we uh time out yeah i suppose we think about game duration but think about maybe how time's used within your games as well very well said very well said and and actually i'm looking at the clock chris it's time i got on with it i'm gonna say goodbye to you chris and i'll see you at 10 minutesignchallenge.co.uk thanks very much rob we've done it hooray within the time i'll see you <laughs> at boardgamebud.com thanks for listening and don't forget to take some time for yourself